kick it off. So, <laughs> now I gotta try to remember what the hell I said. This isn't going as smoothly as we thought, but that's why we can edit. What's good, everybody? Welcome to Laughing Problems. Again, we are here, episode two. Today, we're talking about men's mental health, something that is often overlooked. We got some clips for you guys. As you know, Laughing Problems is all about the jokes. So, we're gonna laugh, but then we're gonna get to the problems under the jokes because with every good joke is some true shit. So, we don't want to ignore men, men's mental health. It's something that is, is being dealt with all the time. Silent struggles. I've had mine. Greg's had his. We all know people that we probably don't even know are having issues, but they are. And it goes under the radar. So today we're going to talk about some people that, that talk about the components of men's mental health and, and how we actually feel underneath the bravado that we can give off sometimes about being strong and just making stuff happen. Although we're going to do those things anyway, we still have issues that we, we just don't get to deal with as freely as some other people in, in society. So we're going to kick it off with Chris Rock. If you haven't seen this clip before, I'm glad to show it to you, to you for the first time. If you have seen this clip, well, we're going to have a conversation about it today. So roll the clip. Absolutely. Only women, children, and dogs are loved unconditionally. <laughs> women, children, and dogs are loved unconditionally. A man is only loved under the condition that he provides something. Okay? I've never heard a woman in my life say, you know, after he got laid off, we got so much closer. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I once heard my grandmother say, a broke man is like a broke hand. Can't do nothing with it. What kind of gangster shit is that? <laughs> right. Women, children, and dogs are loved unconditionally. A man is only loved under the condition that he provides something. When you meet a new girl, what do your friends ask you? What she look like? Ladies, when you meet a new guy, what do your friends ask you? What does he do? What the fuck does that nigga do that can help you out? Can this motherfucker facilitate a dream or not? Even right now, Michelle so Obama true. is looking at Barack going, what's your plans, nigga? It's <laughs> <laughs> so true, bro. Oh, man. But yeah, the, the concept, the whole concept of what can he do for me, personally, I think it stems from, because it's, it's funny, it's, it's what it is, but it's also a part of nature, right? So when we look back, from just caveman days men were hunters you know gatherers all those things were going on right so men went out and hunted lions and saber-tooth squirrels i don't know like whatever was prehistoric back then like they they hunted and the people that were weak and puny didn't survive so naturally people wanted to mate with the stronger uh version of man so it's nothing but an evolution into today's society of can he again facilitate a dream can he go out and make money can he have a house that i can make a home from you know a woman's standpoint and this isn't all about how women view men it's all more about how men are viewed overall because as a guy if i'm interviewing somebody for a business that i run and I'm interviewing a dude, a female, or just trying to figure out some type of software that I need. I'm going to look at, can it efficiently produce what I need day in and day out as an employee or a contractor or whatever? So it's kind of the same thing. There's more variables to it because you have emotions, you know, why you're with someone, why you brought them in. They might not be the best provider, but guess what? They make you happy. 
and they can become the best provider later right and i think evolution has made that a little made it a little bit more of a gray area there to where somebody doesn't necessarily have to make four or five million but back way back in caveman days you had to be able to kill and hunt that elephant or that lion or that seal or that whatever that fish you can get away with not necessarily making what we see today monetarily as provision you can you can make less or more when back then it was a lot more cutthroat but i think it's an evolution i mean what's your take on it no absolutely so you you you, t- you talk about the whole the whole caveman thing and uh <clears throat> caveman like roughly started like like 2.5 million years ago but it goes far as back as like 10,000 BC and it is it it stems from survival of the fittest it really does um that is human nature um and where we stand in society i think that that currently is is where we are um the definition of capitalism in my opinion is survival of the fittest um it is providing for your family it is ultimately doing what is best for you and yourself um once you truly find yourself and the individual that you are and that's it and once you truly understand who you are then you provide for your family and you divide and conquer and you go from there in a nutshell yeah i mean but see the thing that that kind of plays into what we're talking about today as far as mental health is that back then it was one goal right Oh, yeah. Provide, and that meant survive. Provide and survive were synonymous. Provide and survive. survive. Provision and survival nowadays is not necessarily synonymous because there are a lot of things that we have to try to provide, and those things are ever-changing. Again, it was one thing back then. It was remain safe, bring food home, reproduce. Now it's remain safe, bring food home, be here emotionally guess what i want next oh yeah it's all <laughs> Make it's more all money because of inflation oh yeah yeah no it's, be it's strong awesome. because of social media content like it's so much and i think it weighs on i think it weighs on us i mean i've caught myself thinking like the whole think about it this way the whole thing about can your girl make more than you right like, how do you feel about that? I think that's a, a great uh, segue into mental health and just because we compare ourselves to each other. But one thing that we definitely compare ourselves to is our spouse in terms of money. And even in that special, because I've seen that special by Chris Rock, he talks about that and, and stop making it a competition. Right. And I yeah. think that plays into what he's experienced with um, his divorce and things of that nature. Right. Like, don't make it a competition. But we do. And I think that has a play on our mental health. But like, can you like, can you live with your girl making more than you, or your spouse, or your wife? Personally, yeah. Like personally, yes. I like if it, if it, you contribute to the family, I, absolutely. Like, like in in and you provide for your kids and your kids' education, and everything that you do is all about your kids and your family, and you create memories that last last a lifetime and. Listen, and life stuff happens, like divorces happen and, and changes happen and of that nature. But like during that time period, if you're jointly married and attached to that individual and you guys have a joint tax return and you guys are claiming whatever you guys are claiming, you guys have to obviously be financially responsible. You guys obviously have to abide by the standards of like like a traditional normal married couple like i know married couples in the, the particular area where i grew up that literally toss their keys in a into the pile and at the end of the night and they're all blindfolded and whoever the wife's keys they take home is they go home with like personally i think that's unacceptable but it happens like it's the, it's the nature of it's the nature of life yeah essentially they're called like swingers or whatever like it, oh, it happens. okay 
it's just like all. I've like, never heard of it. I never heard of that swingers thing. I thought it was just like a swing. I thought you just go to like a swingers club. Oh no no no! Like it's like a mutual agreement. I I would assume Uh-oh. of that nature. But there's situations where like moms have walked down the stairs um, of like parents and like kids have like seen other moms like in the morning and it's just like a crazy situation. Like it happens. Like it's just the nature of it's just the nature of society in its own way. I think some like I I think in. I think it's more common than you think it is. Um, but mm-hmm. no, if your true intentions are pure and you do find an individual that you truly love and that you guys do make each other better during that time period and you have children, you guys have to be financially responsible. You guys have to save for their education because having a kid is a huge financial burden. Like you have to conceptually think that having one kid is like $1 million. So you have to make anywhere, in my opinion, from 750000 to $1 million to put the kid through college and give him like really nice Christmas presents and feed him. In my opinion, that's where, where it's going with inflation. Uh, maybe a little more. Um, so you have to also just take that. Kid. That's just one kid. So you have to also <laughs> you have to also take into consideration. Like personally, I would I would like five kids. I would like a big family. I would like an army. You know what I mean? Is is how yeah. I is how I is how I view it. I think I can. I mean, you think five kids is like five million, but if you spread it out and you have like three year intervals, I think you can do it. Um, and I do think that like you can recycle clothes. Um, I do think that you can go to public school. Um, I do think that you can, it depends on the individual, um, and each individual's ultimate game plan. Every kid is going to be different. You know what I mean? You're, it's not going to be every individual is their own individual. We're all created by God. Um, at the end of the day, no person is the same. So I'm sure some kids can handle public school. I'm sure some kids can handle Catholic school, depending on what their interests are. Uh, I'm sure one kid wants to do, you know what I mean? Like it all depends on what that individual wants. One kid might need to go to boarding school and might need to like get on the right track. You know what I mean? So it's all about realizing what they have going for them um, and what they want and if a kid, if your kid is not on track, you have to do what's what's right for them. But conceptually, yes. Like if my wife made more money than me, absolutely. Like like it's all about providing for your kids. But it all stems back to what Chris Rock said. When you come home from work, compared to like if your wife were to come home from work and your kids were to come home from school, the situation is completely different. As a male, like you're like the you're con- just considered the the head honcho. You're considered the alpha male. You're considered the leader of the family. We ain't uh, gonna talk about how there's beta males out here, but I mean that's oh, there's definitely neither. It's neither, it's neither here nor there. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean maybe that's that's another episode. We could talk. We could talk to uh, Bradley Kaya. I mean, we were we were at Nobu Malibu, and some females were literally saying like, "Oh, I'm retired." And we're like, "Oh yeah, like we're still trucking along over here. Like we're trying to figure it out. Like congratulations. Like <laughs> it was like, it was like, oh man, God bless. Like if you really are retired, like unbelievable. Good for you. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna start coming here more often. Then like, <laughs> hopefully right. I see you again. Like oh man, what a what a what a what an experience LA was, man. LA is a great, LA is a great, LA, great, great. I love, I love LA too. I mean, talk about what you have to be in LA to provide for a family as a man. But I want to go back to what you said about um. I want to I want to go back to what you said about coming home and basically a kid being having a kid and then basically coming home and that kid being a million dollars basically 750,000 to like a million dollars. Yeah, so you As can't a, you can't no, I, mean, I know you it's it's not it's not in a year obviously. Like it it, it varies based on what schools they go to, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I think that 
I put it this way because you said she, your wife can make more than you. I'm there now. Do I still do I want that? Part of me is still like no, and I think that plays on my mental health because I go through days and weeks of trying to figure out how to make these things work. How to how to how do I end up making more money in my job? How do I end up making my my businesses more profitable? Have I learned how to invest yet? All these different things because, like you said, a kid is worth a million dollars. One each one kid. So you have five or four. You got four to five million dollars that you need to make to adequately take care of that kid. And not to mention other things that come up. You still have to try to provide for yourself mentally, emotionally, physically. And then you have a wife who's having your kids. So she deserves so much from just being that person and bringing life and, and pushing along your heritage. So when you say, can she make more than you? Part of me is like, uh, I don't want her to make more than me. Let me figure out how her how she doesn't have to make more than me so I can be what I feel like I'm supposed to be, what I feel like we have been since cavemen. And I'm getting to the point where I understand that technology and evolution has allowed these things to not have to be that way. But how do we break away from it when society is like men don't have emotions? men go out and get it regardless and you have to do it it's not like they're saying do it because we just want you to do it they're saying do it because if you don't do it everything falls apart and that's kind of how i feel like me personally i feel like if i don't get it done especially since i'm the only boy in the family like on my side like the mayweathers i'm the only boy so you carry you when, carry the uh family name yeah yeah i carry i carry the family name i carry the the decisions going forward not saying i won't have help or there won't be input but the buck stops with me right if i say go it goes if i say stop it stops for the most part going forward and i understand that that's what's going to happen and i move like that and i think that in order to move like that mental health wise it's not necessarily the best but as far as getting it done i guarantee it's going to get done like i'm not going to not let it get done personally so how do i balance that and where do we go? Because it's an issue. It's an issue that we're loved under the condition we can pro we provide, but that's the natural order as well. So how bad is that thing really? I don't think that it's bad. I think that figuring out how you balance it is the game. And I Absolutely. I don't know what that game looks like. I don't I don't I think it's different for everybody. And so, I try to figure out how to make that balance for myself. And part of it is making sure that I'm not so crazy in my head about making more than my wife or my spouse or my partner etc like how do you how do you balance that mentally for yourself and then be okay with it might not look exactly like society thinks and i think it goes with casting away judgment i think a lot of mental health stuff is us getting over our fear of judgment or how other people will see us for moving how we move or thinking how we think instead of just doing the things and making it happen because at the end of the day the result is the result right if i provide i provide if I don't, then I don't, and then that's another issue, and I need to figure that out. How am I going to do this? Like you said, you know who you are, who you're going to be, et cetera, and then you move from that place. Absolutely, and then I also ultimately think if you love her to death and that she's the one that you cherish and the one that you truly want to have a family with, I firmly believe that you do whatever it takes to make her happy even if she makes more than you and i don't you can't make it a competition like because like you said chris rock has said you can't make it a competition like let that individual accomplish what they see and what god is telling them to see and at the end of the day that's why i personally think like if you have a a serious relationship with an individual you need Personally, personally, like, like it depends on like how many kids you have and everything of that nature. But to start, you need you need three bank accounts. You need uh, yeah, yeah, the way that you get paid, your individual bank account. She needs her individual bank account of how she gets paid, and then you guys need a joint account. And in that joint account, you guys agree upon a percentage about how much you guys make but it should be split 
precisely 55-45, depending on who makes the most. And if you have no kids, I think that what goes into that account pays for your mortgage, your household items, like gas, everything of that nature. Everything left over is your own individual responsibility. If you have an individual kid, you have to set at least $1,000 a month aside for their education. So how you attack that is just agreeing upon like like just like just agreeing upon together and it's a mutual agreement you make it work and at the end of the day like if you have to step your stuff up you step your stuff up but you have to find what god is telling you to do in order to provide for your family and that's what it come and what it comes down to you really have to just dig deep and you can't let jealousy, because jealousy is the root of all evil. Relationships end because of competition, end because of jealousy, end because of they want to be better than the individual. It's all about, oh, you buy me this, and then I'll buy you that. It's all, it's all about fugazi. It's all, it's all fake. And what really matters is a game plan. And if you don't have a game plan, I don't think any relationship will ever work. Yeah, and I agree with that. I think I've I've had relationships where I definitely have... I, I, I'm not going to say I've had relationships like that. Let me put it this way. I've been in situations, whether it was a relationship or not, that I have predicated the things that I'm doing not necessarily because I wanted to make it to the league. I wanted to be paid. I wanted to do this, wanted to do that, right? Those things were always at the forefront regardless of who I would end up with. So those things were to be able to provide for this person, that person, this family member, that family member, this kid, that kid. So I've entered into situations thinking – okay, this is why I do all of this, this, that, and the third. Instead of saying, okay, I'm in a situation with somebody, it could either work or not, but it's not necessarily about what I'm doing and how that plays into it. It's more about let me figure out if this is the right person. And I think I let all those other things play into that, those situations to where it was like all right now you're with somebody and because I'll, I'll tell you this part of the reason one of my other relationships that i was in happened was because i loved the person but on top of that it was also like i don't i feel like i'm not going to trust other people when i get to the level that i, I think i'm going to get to this is when i was balling going into my last season in Miami and I, I most likely was going to start based on how my spring was going. And then I get hurt and I'm like, dang. So now guess what? Everything that I predicated, not everything, but some of what I predicated that relationship on was sort of out the window at that point. Last season you sprained your ACL and then they push guys ahead of you. Now all that provision, all those goals, all those things are not happening. And you start to feel less than in your in your relationship because it's like I'm not going to be able to provide what I thought I was going to be able to provide. And it sent me in a mental spiral, both personally because I was in that situation and it wasn't going right. But also because I, I didn't feel like I was going to be able to provide for my immediate family. Like I wasn't able going, I wasn't able I wasn't going to be able to do the, the Christmases that I wanted to do where everybody comes to me. Because I got enough rooms in the house where everybody can stay. I wasn't going to be able to get it. I, I mean, this is probably, this past year was probably the second or third year where I feel like I've had enough money to where I can get Christmas gifts and not have to think about it. Or not have to feel like I'm budgeting and barely being able to get somebody something. Like, I don't think people understand the mental strife that you get when you feel like you're not financially able to provide. I Absolutely. think that that is 
that is the number one thing for me as far as men's mental health that I've dealt with outside of feeling like maybe I'm not good enough in certain situations. You know, I, I don't deserve this. I don't deserve that. Beating myself up because I'm not at the level that I set for myself. It's not even necessarily a societal thing. Society played a part in building that that perspective. But I, I got to the point where I was like, I don't give a damn what anybody is talking about in society. I just want to make all this for people that I wanted to be Superman for people that never asked me to be Superman. Absolutely. They just wanted me to be myself and I wanted to be Superman. And that was the thing to this day that has transcended a lot of different situations and how they've gone. I think those feelings and not being able to enjoy some of the things that I should have enjoyed more or not being able to succeed in certain situations with certain people was because of how seriously I took myself, rightfully so, because, again, I am the only boy and there's other things that come with who I am, so I can't just let them fall by the wayside. But I didn't have to be as extreme as I was. And I, I, it took, I mean, honestly, I apologize to anybody that's dealt with me before this growth. But, again, this growth has had to happen, and it couldn't happen without all those things. So at the same time, it's like, should I really even be apologizing, right? So... I just think that it's it's all a part of God's plan. Um, but we are loved under the condition we can provide. And essentially, I think before we go to the next clip that we need to just put out there that it's a balance. It's a balance that you have to find for yourself. It's one that can't be predicated on what you do and what that can do for somebody else. But more so what you do, why you do it and why you're going to continue to do it. And then if you end up with somebody and have to step something up, now you've designed your life and how you will provide around who you are and not necessarily what somebody else expects or wants from you. Because you can end up with somebody where they just want so many things. They want this thing, that thing, and you can't provide it because it's not built around your lifestyle. So you're with the wrong person, but guess what? Now you've, you've gotten with them, you've dated them, you've had sex, you've done all these things, you've met family, and you feel stuck. You feel stuck by emotions, you feel stuck by whatever you've built, or you've built your provision system on, you've gotten a job that you didn't necessarily want because it needs to make money to, to end up staying with this person because you're scared she's gonna leave if you don't have enough. Right. Like you've done all these things that's dug this hole. So at 27, to know the things that I know and be in this mindset, I'm blessed because it could have went the wrong way had I not kind of imploded. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. No, so it's it's It's, definitely it's definitely a blessing. It's it's a blessing and a curse. So you have to you have to ultimately you have to take the lesson and go from there and you have to become the individual you want to become you can't let you can't let money be the root of all evil and that's where it stems down to it really is money is the root of all evil like it really really is it stems from from me it was when we're at a baseball game my dad used to give me ten dollars for the snack shed inflation as you grow up he would give me, still give me $10. I'm like, $10 doesn't get me three sunflower seeds and a Gatorade anymore, bro. And he was, <laughs> and he wouldn't, he wouldn't switch. And I would get like frustrated at him. And that to me was the root of all evil was like, like, oh, I don't get my sunflower seeds. So for me, I went to the dollar store. I bought 10 packs of sunflower seeds and I put them in a gigantic like Ziploc bag and I would have sunflower seeds all baseball season. And that's how I handled it. But he taught me a lesson like and money is the root of all evil. And yeah, all relationships are super competitive. And if your girl like rubs it in your face that like, oh, I make more money than you and everything of that nature, like, yo, F that. Like, I don't... <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, it's not, it's not about that. No, like a relationship is like, yo, you're a team. Like, okay. Yeah. You can make more money than me, but like I do X, Y, and Z. Like I'm the kids baseball coach. Like, you know what I mean? Like I make, uh, I make filet and asparagus every Thursday night and Sunday sauce. You know what I mean? Like, 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 what, like, what do you mean? You really are going to make it a competition? Like, oh, my, 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 
salary in my job means more than our family. So, like, no, you can't bring any of that into a relationship. That has to has to stay out of it. But what Chris Rock says, like, men, like, men aren't loved unconditionally. Like, they're not. Like, it's just, like, what can you do for me? So I, I think the message to that is, like, and again, a message to, like, what our overall, like, message to the podcast is, if you see your father or an individual that you love, like, give him a hug or kiss because, like, it is something that men do think about on a daily basis. Like, all we are is is a handout, like, and we just appreciate a thank you, and that's, that's not what it's all about. It's all about... It's all about love. It's all about loving everyone. It's all about loving your mother, your father, your dog, everyone the same. And just being a great individual and not holding spite in your heart. And just being the best person that you can possibly be. Yeah, totally agree. And also the preference, well, not the preference, but to um, to just clear up, like I've never had anybody I've dealt with throw that they made more money than me in in my face or anything of that nature it's all been like just self like it it was in my head for a lot of things and that's that's and you start creating situations in your own head and it's yeah you go down avenues and pathways in your own head that don't even exist but then like you and this is like the whole concept of like the act of inertia like you speak it into existence and it's like why it's like do you really like making situations difficult? And you can't pay that energy anything anything in general because those are just negative energy wavelengths. Like, yeah, F that shit, also, as far also, as I understand. Yeah, and, and also, like you said, like, all we really want is a thank you. Like, a thank you, a hug, and a kiss. Like, I don't, I, I don't nobody has appreciation for anything. anything. Appreciation for nobody, anything. Yeah, nobody in my family outside of like the things that they just do out of the the kindness of their heart i don't at this point in my life i don't necessarily want anything from anybody like i'll go grind for it and that's not a a a men's mental health like i'm not willing to accept anything don't get me anything it's just that my my who i am right now and how i feel you don't have to do anything for me like i'm literally like okay with you just saying hey malik i love you you know what i'm saying give me yeah, a hug. like oh how you doing i just was thinking about you like most men we get to a point where we don't necessarily want anything from anybody it's not that we again like i think it's what chris rock says is stemming from the fact that y'all don't say hey i'm just thinking about you or how you doing or, i love you like we're loved under condition we can provide i love you guess what you said that right after i gave you something which is you should say thank you but you don't do it any other time right like we don't get that any other time like that is tough in the way that the world is and how this evolution of hunter gatherer has happened to the point where money is start being the kind of the measuring rod that says if we can provide or not is basically the equivalent to hunting and killing something back then is now how much money you've made right yeah so so most of the time we just we just want to thank you and a hug because the world is going to be what the world is and most of us deal in black and white as much as possible we know we have to go grind so screw it let's do it right uh but but how i I look at it how i look at it it is a it is a it's warfare like it's literally, yeah. it's literally, it's literally attack. Um, that's how. I mean, you, I've been talking to you recently, but I've been on like a like a two hundred and like fifty weight assisted like pull up exercise like a day, combined with like your overall reps, like whether it's legs, shoulders, or chest. Like like I get like a total of like roughly like f- like seven hundred and like fifty reps in. And I gotta stop biking because like I'm I'm losing a little too much weight. But like the the pull ups, I kid you not, like like teach you a lot a lot about life, because it's like 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 when you're down, like when you can't get yourself up and you're on that 25th rep, like and it's weight assisted, so it's not my full body weight. Like I go to 55, like I weigh 185 pounds, 
So it's like 135, but like that's still to do 25 in a row, like like a total of 10 sets. That's not easy. That's not like like. And, and, and sometimes you can only do 15, you know what I mean? Sometimes you hit a breaking point where you're like, oh, man, like, depending on, if you're lifting chest and you're throwing some dips in there as well, it's it's definitely, it's. but listen, it is survival of the fittest. It is. If you want to be the most, one of the most successful individuals in the world, you have to attack every single day like it's your last. Yeah, and that's it. Because it could be. Yeah, because it could be. It definitely and, could be. But like you said, you reach a breaking point, and I think that is a great segue into the next clip, or even the Kanye clip. Um, but I think you got the Pete. Which one do you have next? The Pete Davidson clip. Pete Davidson. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's crazy cool. that we got Kanye and Pete Davidson in the same podcast. Oh yeah. Clips. But is, listen, they're both. You probably I mean, shouldn't do this. <laughs> if you involve yourself with the Kardashians, I mean, you're in a situation regardless. So that's tough. Yeah, so that's I mean, tough. they're both. I mean, listen, they both have mental issues as it is, but, I mean, you got to pick your poison, man. I mean, you, listen, I understand it, but you have to ultimately, you have to be careful. You do, you do. Especially yeah, who you're involved with. Materialistic, but, in my oh, yeah. opinion. So, again, loved under the condition you can provide, and then you get into a materialist, materialistic relationship, you're, you're amplifying the fact that you're only loved under the condition you can provide. <laughs> like you literally just times did times 10 but yeah roll, roll the clip because i actually i think i've seen this but i, I don't remember if i have diagnosed with uh, yes, borderline personality disorder it's been a roller coaster year for comedian pete davidson some people are sad some people gotta work and figure their stuff out we're talking about borderline personality disorder right. and, you know if you, if you don't want to talk about it tell me but no I got talk about it, yeah. of course you do but how often do you still battle with depression oh i'm always depressed all the time um, I have to constantly bring myself out of it. Like I wake up depressed, but like, I'm like, okay, now I know my steps. Cause like you learn from the real, like now I have to go outside and be in the sun for a little bit or go for a walk or like start the day this way. It's all just programming yourself to trick your brain. You know, were you ever suicidal? Yeah, all the time, but I can't cause I got a mom and a sister and like a family. So like, I've always been suicidal, but I've never had like the balls, you know, um, which I'm very, uh, lucky like what the, for the first time maybe like when I went away this time I felt like I had maybe almost the balls because it's starting to get like you know when you're not feeling good and you're going through all this stuff and there's like people at your house in Staten Island it just like really drives you fucking crazy uh, depression affects more than like 16 million people in this country and there's no like cure per se but for anyone dealing with it there are treatments that can help First of all, if you think you're depressed, you know, see a doctor and talk to them about medication and also be healthy. How do you know when it's time to, to go get help? Like, okay, I'm doing too much. Usually when I start like cutting or like when shit gets like just, when it just gets a little insurmountable or like people are like, hey, my friends will tell me now. We're at a point where like people will come over and be like, hey, you gotta fucking, we're all fucking pissed and terrified. So not pissed, but like we're all like worried. So you should go. But yeah, so that's, that's deep very deep pete davidson dealing with um bpd i mean i can't i can't imagine having a, a disorder like that i personally think that a lot of us have anxiety all like almost everybody has anxiety issues we don't necessarily get treated for we find our own ways of coping which is the same thing that you would do if you went to get therapy for this that would give you different ways of coping and, and tell you to start learning how to express it whether it be outwardly in form of art or outwardly on like a page or just some kind of way to release the anxiety uh, a lot of people meditate prayer etc so it, all these things are anti-anxiety coping mechanisms type but to have something that makes you feel down to the point and and, and i'll even say you know this is this is where you can reference my my ted talk like i talk about athletes and suicide and depression in my ted talk that i did last april so that's definitely a good source and, and kind of how I dealt with everything that I went through that is further than what I talked about in terms of Chris Rock with the whole men are under, loved under the condition they can provide. So the TED Talk goes into some of that and how I was feeling in that sense, not even all the way, but to a degree. You got to have some type of formula. And for something as deep as BPD or actual bipolar disorder, 
you got to get help because there you don't have the formula. If you had it, you would use it. Or even if you knew it, you still need oversight to make sure that you are making sure you're taking care of your, your mental health. And I haven't looked up the, the prevalence rates in terms of mental health with BPD or bipolar disorder in men versus women because we're talking about men's mental health. But I'm almost willing to bet you that those type of ailments are, are higher in men. Um, I could be wrong. <laughs> I, I definitely could be wrong. And maybe I am. But and I, I feel like I, I feel like so, they are. I think it's so I think statistically speaking, if you were to actually run data throughout the whole country, 300 million Americans, I think that the data would be staggering if you had individuals who actually spoke out about the topic. Staggering, especially what's Chris Rock said, especially what Pete David's going through. I mean, what Pete David's going through, I mean, how old is Pete Davidson? I think Pete Davidson, hold on, hold on. on. How old? Pete Davidson is... uh, You gotta be like 34, bro. Am I right? Please tell me I'm right. I'm usually good with this. Pete Davidson's age is 28. I'm 28, too. He's 28? Oh, snap. I'm age. So I live at home with my my parents as well. Um, I love it. It's like so I get what he's going through, hundred percent. Like I, like I'm loving life. What do you mean? I'm 28. Like I can't live at home. So like, if you're gonna disrespect that individual, first of all, you need to first remind yourself that, that individual is like created by God. So that guy that individual can do whatever he wants so yeah he might be bringing kim kardashian into his basement but (laughs) at the age of 28 years old i mean i'm sorry like like i've lived at home since covid started like i love it i love like i love my basement i love my room like i love living home i love crushing chobani yogurts in my back fridge i love like I've honestly treated my mom more as a friend than my mother. And I think, like, yeah, we need to go to lunch and talk about it. Like, I do think that I need to start treating her more like a mother than, like, my best friend. But, like, my mom is, like, my best friend. Like, my dad's also my best friend. So, yeah, you can't, like, what Pete says, like, you, like, you can never... Never take your life for something that you're upset about. And I, of all people, like, you can't, you can't do that. Like, why would you ever do that? I don't even know, like, how you would. And that's the question that, like, yeah, you know how people do it. But, like, if you actually put yourself on that pedestal, I don't think that anyone could ever, ever, ever do that. And you have to, if you're ever in that situation, I know some people are different and some people do have a chemical imbalance. If you ever are or find yourself in a situation like that, you need to remind yourself what you mean to everyone else. And you need to remind yourself how important you are to everyone else. And regardless of how low you are at a particular point in time, tomorrow is a new day. And... Once the sun rises the next day, you'll feel a little better. And then the second day, you'll feel a little better. And then the third day, you'll feel more better. And fourth day, you might be where you were three days ago. And you might have to start over again. And wherever you are, and if you're ever in that situation, and it does happen, you can't say that it doesn't. You have to always remind yourself of, like, people that care about you. And if there's no one that actually, like, you don't think cares about you, I think you're wrong. And you have to find a balance of this is where, like, life is so important. You have to find a balance of, like, friends and family that click and you have to pursue it in that manner. And then family's always family. Friends are always friends. And then our Lord and Savior comes in where he comes in. And if you have no one, like you have to find God. 
and it stems from like loving yourself and if you don't love yourself then how can you love anyone and I think that's where even comedians who have taken their lives and individuals that have taken their lives in general lose sight of reality because they show much show so much love and affection and so much humor and uh, the smile on everyone's face and they they love providing as like all men love providing and there's obviously some female comedians obviously don't want to insult but the comedian like, like the comedians they say that they say comedians do have like the worst like mental health problems because they love making other people laugh and smile because they don't want them to feel the way they feel and I do think that's where Pete Davidson struggles most and I do think he's learned how to balance it I do think he's found avenues and certain dimensions in his brain where to go and in certain avenues how to how to balance that equation and that's the answer you have to and I like that he's publicly saying that because some people don't actually know what to do people know what's wrong I think people are very very intelligent I just don't think also you want to talk about being like a financial burden like receiving like 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 physical care and, and mental health care is very is very expensive. It's very. It's three hundred dollars a a a visit, and depending on what it is, like you don't need. Sometimes you don't need a prescription. You don't need to be medicated. Yeah. And that's that's the most frustrating part for I think a lot of families because I think a lot of families, kids and individuals and loved ones don't need to be medicated. They just need certain avenues and certain pathways to go down that they don't. And I think that's where the disconnect is. It's almost like a secret. It's almost like, oh, I want, like, that's not how it should be. It never should be dang, oh, I want to dangle the carrot. Like, I want to, it's a science experiment. Like, no. If individuals are, are struggling from mental health, and mental health in general, it's very, very easy to resolve. It's very, very easy to to solve the equation. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say easy to resolve, but, like, easy to, no. to, to give them support. Yes. I, I do think where we stand from a mental health perspective and, like, where we could go, like, I do think it could, it could get much, much better. I think that, like, there are isn't enough resources and I could be wrong but I don't think there's enough resources to especially with COVID so take this into consideration since COVID so March of 2020 mm-hmm. mental health cases have have has had to increase by 3000% has had to so if you were, I don't think there is enough psychiatrists to fulfill the amount of patients currently within the United States of America. That's an interesting topic. Like that's something that we should look into because I, yeah. I don't think there is, and I think there's a lot of misdiagnosed case right cases right now, especially with everything going on in society. Yep. Social media included in terms of just what, what we see every day. Absolutely. I like to call them, I'm sorry, one last thing. I like to call them digital concentration camps because they are <laughs> digital concentration camps. They, they are. They take and your concentration. And listen, listen, like, like, like one place. I'm, 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 a, I'm Italian and Irish, but I don't look Italian and Irish. Like my, I think my grandmother, she's born on the border of Germany and Italy. Her last name is Frank, but like we don't know if it's Francisco or Frank, but it's Frank, and her name is Antoinette. So her name is Antoinette Frank. So like I think we're German. I think we're I think we're Austrian. I think we're German Jews. I do think that we do have like German Jew Jew, like descent blood, Um, and like I don't know if it's accurate or not. Like I want to do the twenty three and me, but they they just collect the data on your blood. But I'll always go by Irish and Italian, but. 
at the end of the day, like, I have no, like, and I know I don't want anyone to be offended, but I personally believe, like, where we are in society, that, like, certain companies within the United States of America, especially private entities that are run within the United States of America, and in even, like, public entities as well, they are digital concentration camps. You can't say they're not. They know that this conversation's happening. They know that it's happening from my iPad. They know that it's happening from our iPhones. They know that. Oh yeah, no shot that they don't. At thirty, I have a reservation at Angelica's. They know everything, so it's that deep. It's data and, mining. I mean, that's oh, that's yeah. a whole another one. <laughs> that's a oh whole yeah, another one oh, too. Yeah. We 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 could, we could de- really deep dive into that. Um, but. At the end of the day, I mean, I don't know how... They're digital concentration camps, and that's not good. And we rely on it, and that's the craziest part. And you know what's the craziest part, too, is that, like, companies rely on it. Like, to run your business, if you're not a bar, if you're not a bar or, like, a service provider, you have to rely on the Internet. Isn't that isn't that that's like that's that's pretty crazy. Yeah. And if I you're a restaurant that, you have if you're a restaurant you have to provide on the internet. If you're that good of a bar, a historic bar, like a national landmark, you don't. You can run on like a like a cash operated business and you will get the business and you will survive. If you are a private entity like you run like a landscaping company, cash entity, cash business, you're completely fine. You don't need the internet. It's just word of mouth. Yeah. It's yeah, because it's just like okay, conceptually think about it. You can only have room for roughly a hundred people, depending on staff. So then, like, if you have a hundred clients and you bang them out for two thousand five hundred each, like a month, that's 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 two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. I mean, a month. A, you know, a month. Yeah. So it's like, 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 that's, that's the goal. Like, like, like in my head, I'm like, why am I not running a landscaping company? Because it's, it's all you do is cut grass. All I've done the last 10 years is mulch my, well, come back from Miami. I mulch my property, clean my yard. And like, I've had landscaping jobs. I've, I've had caddying jobs. I loved caddying at Trump national. Like you guys could say whatever you want about Donald Trump. You can talk all the garbage. <laughs> It is what it is. Like I don't care. Like like I'm like his golf course. If you were a caddy there and you treat everyone like a gentleman, like regardless of the circumstance, you're walking out of there with at least two fifty, two hundred cash, and just like yeah, you had like since he ran for president, you had to like you had to claim it. Like but before that, like no one was claiming that stuff. Like well, maybe we were sprinting to the cars. Like what do you? like we were 16 years old like yeah living life like it was all we all spent it at the bar though it was all like <laughs> you know what i mean like we were just the like bar, because it's not a digital concentration camp that's ruining pete david's mental health oh serious mental health <laughs> seriously seriously um, let's finish up with kanye's clip and let's close out the podcast because we gotta i gotta eat and the family feud the right way. <laughs> the family feud. <laughs> terrible. Oh, it's terrible. This is his album. It's called Yay. I watched the other one. recorded this up in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. And not only this, but you put out five other albums with other artists that you produced at basically within like what like a, a month-long period of time that's a ton of work are you like a, are you a workaholic are you always working no i actually slept a lot during the project <laughs> while they were recording <laughs> yeah I, I have a team and we work together i spent a year and a half after i got out of the hospital uh and i would go to amoeba record store and i just start chopping up samples and it's very therapeutic because I wasn't full yay. I don't know if I'm full yay now, a better or worse, whatever, but it was therapeutic just to listen to those songs and sample and go back to being 14 years old in my mom's house. And by the time it was time to do 
the uh, to put the albums out, we have a, a whole team at Yeezy Sound that will help come and do the drums, help with lyrics, help with choruses. And I give like six, seven people ideas that I want on the song. And I just go to sleep and just wait for them to <laughs> <laughs> you're, I get a lot you're of working sleep. while you sleep. That's a hard worker, right? There. I have to yeah. get it. I feel like you avoided this album oh, title. Yeah, no, I don't. I mean, I don't what, it, what it says right here on the, on the I hate title. being bipolar. It's awesome. I have a theory yeah. about you. So tell me yeah. if, you, if this is correct. Mm -hmm. I feel like you um, feel like being bipolar is part of what makes you brilliant, part of what makes you you, and you embrace it. Yeah, I think that's another one of those things where people are like, how are you going to talk about it? The funny thing is, this is something I was like on the internet before, it was kind of, it was kind of funny, but bi it's not an opposite. It's not I hate being bipolar, it's awesome. It's actually, it drives more of how you really feel. It doesn't do an opposite thing. So I think it's important for us to have conversations about, you know, open conversations about mental health, uh, especially with me being black, because we never had therapists in the black community. We never approached like taking medication. And I, I think it's good that when I had my first complete blackout at age five, my mom didn't fully medicate me because I might have never been yay. And there's times where mm -hmm. at least I'm happy that I know, like even like for this interview, I knew I wanted to stay in a calm state because by the time I got to TMZ, I was ramped up. So what was awesome is that the world got to really experience someone in a ramped up state. And that's when you get these comments that just shoot out, like almost like Tourette's. Because you have highs and lows. And when you have a high, you're on a roll. When you have a low, you're well, not. Well, there's some cases of bipolar where people go low. I'm, I'm one that uh, goes high. I like, like Michelle Obama said. So like, you don't have extreme periods of, <laughs> of depression? Oh, no. No. Oh, no. Because I just say it. I'll say it on real TV, like, oh, I thought about killing myself, and then the thought is gone, you know? <laughs> wow. So all people need to do is get on TV. That's really the solution. <laughs> <laughs> well, they need to be able to express themselves without fear of judgment. What I love telling people is, like... That's, that is completely, like... Because I actually didn't watch that one. I watched the other one. I thought you were going to play the other one, but... um. That is completely what I said earlier about anxiety and mental health and that you need to have some type of expression to to outlet it. And it's crazy that, again, I said this too earlier, it's about judgment and not being afraid of it in terms of provision and saying, hey, I want you to say I love you. I want you to say thank you. Um, just hug me. You know, and it's, 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 we went from a comedian to a comedian to somebody that's just gets laughed at and talked about crazy. I mean, I'm not innocent. I've said Kanye is tripping before, too. But also, context is, is God. Content is king. Cash is king. But context is God. So when we look at the content that he's put out, it's easy to say he's crazy. It's easy to say something's wrong with him. He tripping. But then when you get the context that he's bipolar, it doesn't excuse that he should go get help and that he should have people around him that make him responsible for getting help. And I'm not saying it's easy to make Kanye do that. I mean, who makes Kanye do anything? But there is something there that's deeper in terms of men's mental health and how we view it. Because regardless if you're bipolar, regardless if you have borderline personality disorder, anxiety, et cetera, as a man, society has this kind of way of shaping what you should or shouldn't do. And for him to get on TV and openly not be scared and get murdered in the public eye and everything and make these mistakes that he owns up to because some of them were mistakes, but then some of them were just pure expression and were judged. So being able to not be scared of that judgment, being able to actually express yourself and and go through the phases that come with bettering your mental health is key, in my opinion. And I think that he's done that and he's going to get ridiculed because when you have the cash, when you are the king and you have the content, the music, the clips, the notoriety, the story, the documentation that he has, his track record of being successful, Yeezy, record labels, bringing artists on, making them millionaires, right? Like, you're, there's a target on your back. 
at that point. Anytime you're winning, there's a target on your back. Uh, I told my girlfriend last night, you know, I kind of never wanted the fame, but I do want the funds, you know, and the money. So it's like you almost can't have it without the other unless, you know, you're a silent partner or something in certain things and you get into some angel investments. Right. But like if you talk about the atmospheric wealth or just you the the wealth that you you want to be able to not think about this anymore these things that make us feel like we gotta provide like if we could just get to a number whatever that number is as a man i think mental health subsides a little bit for a lot of us if we feel like we can get to a number if we have a place we're going but the the fact of the matter is that inflation unpredictable markets uh technology evolution all these different things that change make it almost impossible to guess what that number is and in fact make it impossible to guess what that number would be for you because you could live somewhere where the number has to be higher you could be with someone and build a situation for yourself where the number has to be higher or lower right so all those different variables play into it to the point where it's like stop looking at the number and start looking at the structure and the life around what it is you're trying to do and then that will subside the mental health thing instead of trying to figure out how to exactly get to a certain number. Look for a a rough estimate of how you want things to be an outline and then go for that and everything will fall kind of in place where it's supposed to be. And I think when you come come not come. Um, I think when you pair that with a lot of drive determination and just will to win in whatever it is you do and you multiply that by passion because passion is going to be the wealth accelerator not wealth in terms of money the wealth because if you've read the millionaire fast lane which i encourage everybody to read he talks about wealth accelerators well wealth accelerators in terms of life is the passion the things that make you happy because there's a study done on it's the harvard study of uh adult development and they talk about the thing that has kept people alive the longest is good relationships right and you get these good relationships through passion greg we're friends and we talk and have this podcast right now because we had a passion for football we did we went after something we wanted and that's built this relationship and this friendship and now we're able to do this thing that is amazing because of just what technology has evolved to but the passion is what makes me pay for this per month the passion is what made me invest in this camera equipment and learn what i needed to learn so that we could do this at a high level at high quality right the passion is accelerating the ability for us to grow this thing so i think if we use that as men and figure out what the passion is and and what we want life to look like and not what the number has to be i think we curb a lot of mental health issues that we have because we're not trying to get to a place that could easily not be obtained it's, it's as simple as someone ruining your credit now you can't get the funds to do the things that you want to do so that you can run your business at a high level and not having the funds in the market it's just like not having the funds um, well, not having the funds in the business world is just like not having the funds in the markets. You can do the same trade and not get as much return. So your growth is not going to happen as fast because you weren't able to get the funds. So when you start chasing a number, the funds, and you can't get to it because something comes in and ruins it, that that is straining on your mental health. But when you have a rough estimate of what you want to do and kind of where you're going and build a plan around that thing, and you can see progress going towards that thing over time and you have a passion for that thing to where time starts to like not even be in forefront of your mind you start to forget you were even doing it we've done this right now for an hour and 30 minutes granted it's gonna get cut up but i lost track of time like i'm literally doing something that i care about that could make us money that could be successful but the passion makes time disappear time is the thing that i think is ruining men's mental health personally i think out of everything we've talked about today being a provider is a time constraint ha uh, being a provider and, and having kids with a woman a time constraint you can't do that forever you can't play ball forever time constraint you nailed so it. you nailed it so so 
having a passion for something transcends time and when you transcend time the mental strife that comes with it disappears and i think that's that's where i'm ending it as far as everything that i got to say we have to learn how to transcend time and and you choose the things we're passionate about go after those things and then time starts to disappear and progress starts to to multiply that's it i mean we gotta drop the mic on that i mean we'll work work on having uh we'll work on having malcolm and tracy on the show but i mean that you nailed it i mean time i mean everything you just said to an absolute t that is it that is that is a plus a plus material Malik. (laughs) mic drop mic drop hey cut cut the cut the tape ain't nobody over there but on point (laughs) (laughs) no no, i'm gonna stop the record but hey man again this is laughing problem uh we trying to have these type of conversations every time we love to have people on we're going to look into how to get a studio audience. We won't be able to see you, but you should be able to put in the chat, ask questions. We're going to work on all those things because we're passionate about it. And this is going to transcend time. Content is going to transcend time. And, and again, if we make one person laugh and dig deeper into an issue and help you solve that problem, that's what we're trying to do. It's nothing more than that. It's nothing less. Laughing problem, we out.